calling, love, experience, joy, joy faith, passion, experience, oh, it's, it's time, time to, to take, take the, the jump, jump and, and go, go all in. in. It's time to go all in and discover your purpose. It's time to go all in and follow the call God has placed upon your life. It's time to go all in on the amazing things that God is doing right here and right now. It's time to go all in and invite others to join and experience God and His undying love. So, so what's, what's stopping, stopping you? Go all in. Well, this morning we are starting a summer message series called You've guessed it, all in. Um, I'm, I, I need this this morning. I'm, I'm taking the caffeine with me everywhere I go. Today I'm operating on a mixture of caffeine, Buckley's, and the Holy Spirit, okay? <laughs> so and I'm, going to, I'm going to need some audience participation today because if there's not enough, I could just actually go to sleep here on the platform and leave the rest. So I need you to... Keep me alive and awake. All in. And of course, there's the, the poker hand, you know. And I don't play poker. I don't know much about it. One of my sons plays poker and seems to make money doing it. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. And um, if you were playing poker and somebody at the table suddenly said they were all in and they push all of their little chips out into the table. They don't hold a single chip back, not even one to get a latte and a muffin afterwards. They don't even keep one back. They push it all in. Well, that tells you something. That tells you they really, really believe in the hand that they are holding. They are confident that they are holding a winning hand. They really believe that this is worth the risk that they're taking. And so I want you to I want to ask you a question today. What kind of things would you go all in for? There are only the things that you truly, deeply believe in. I mean, like, where is your faith in God? Is it just a kind of like little cloud that floats about you and can the slightest wind, the slightest circumstance of life scatters it? Or are you so confident in the hand that you're holding, that hand being that God is your father, that he loves you as a child, that he sent Jesus to die and rise again from the dead to save you, that you now belong to him, that you can trust him, that even when things in the world and in your life don't look like they're going the way that they should be going, your trust is in the Lord anyway. You know that he has a plan for your life, a plan that will work out, that he knows the end from the beginning, and therefore inside you are confident you are stable, you are settled, you are all in because you truly believe in the hand that you're holding. I just want to start off by just challenging you a little bit about, first of all, are you all in 
with regard to your faith in God and your trust in Jesus Christ. Because if you're not, that's the first place to get all in. I don't know, maybe the hand that you're holding is not one that you would want to be all in. Maybe when it comes to your faith, the hand that you're holding is, I'm not sure if this is true or not. I think God loves other people, but not me. Why does everybody else get blessed, but I've got problems in life? Does God ever hear my prayers? If that's the hand you're holding, you don't want to go all in with that hand. But if you're holding a hand of cards, if you're holding a set of beliefs that says God is faithful, God is love, God is my Father, Jesus is my Savior, the Holy Spirit is present with me at all times, no one can snatch me out of his hand. If you have got a hand, if you have got a set of beliefs based on the promises of God from Scripture, you're on solid ground. Why not go all in? Push every last chip you've got. Even that sea salt chip that, that you keep. You know, the sea, you know these little bags? You go and you buy chips for yourself. Potato chips. And you buy the cheap ones for yourself, but you're having guests around, so we have to buy kettle chips. You know? <laughs> you keep the better ones. You know, sometimes in our life with our chips, and I'm back to the poker chips again, We want to keep certain ones back. We don't want to push them all in. We want to keep some things for ourselves. Um, One of my daughters, Rebecca, texted me last night to say that she was in the mall and she was in the British shop, and she says, I've bought you a packet of Worcester sauce crisps. I'll say that in Canadian, Worcestershire sauce (laughs) chips, okay? but it's pronounced Worcester. Worcester sauce crisps. We get them in the UK. I love them. They're my favorite, my, my favorite flavor. I'm not going all in with them. I'm keeping that packet all to myself, okay? And sometimes in life, we keep certain things all to ourselves. We keep certain chips all to ourselves. But do you want to know something? God is a God of multiplication. Whatever you sow in life, you shall receive. You sow a smile, you get a smile back. You give and it is given back to you. You you sow acts of kindness and God brings kind people into your life. Everything you do with the right attitude and with the right purpose is multiplied back into our lives Why wouldn't you go all in with your faith? Fully trust Jesus Christ in every area of your life. Go all in because you are holding the winning hand because the the stakes were, were set in your favor. God delivered that. You're forgiven, you're blessed, you're loved, you're safe, you're secure, you've got a future. I don't know how many cards you need in poker, but there's a good handful right there and then. God has dealt you a great hand. Go all in with your faith in God. Put your whole heart and soul and life into what you truly believe in. Now, I'm pretty sure everyone could say amen to that, can they? Right, okay. So now I'm going to the second step. What about your church? What about the community that God has planted you in? 
It's possible for you to go all in in your faith from God, but just go one little toe in when, when it comes to like your involvement in church. You know, one of the reasons that baptism is a full immersion, and you don't just come and stick your toe in, and that's you baptized, is because we want you to go all in. It's the entirety of your life is being baptized. The people who were baptized today, they didn't just go partially in the tank. They went all in the tank. And you're not just saying, I'm putting my faith in Christ, but you're also becoming part of his community. I'm always nervous that somebody trips over a cable and, and, and lands in with an electric guitar, you know, <laughs> at the same time. I'm, it wouldn't be good for those people to go all in. But the ones that, <laughs> the ones that were getting baptized went all in. And you know, when, when you put your faith in Christ, it is a personal relationship with God, but you're also part of a community. You're part of a new family. And the Bible says it is only those who are planted in the house of the Lord who will flourish. If you want to see your life flourish and your faith and every God at work in every area of your life flourishing and blossoming, make sure that you are not just one toe in but that you are planted in the house of the Lord. And over this summer series, we're going to be talking about a number of different topics, but they will all relate in some way. There will be an application in each of them that in some way you can make a decision to get all in with what God is doing here in Gateway Alliance Church and be a real part of it. Now, why are we doing this over the summer? Why are we encouraging everybody to get all in, to jump right into what's happening in the church, to get fully involved and all of that? Well, that's because we have a big announcement to make today. And that big announcement is that come the fall, starting with our fall kickoff service in September, whenever it is, the 12th or something like that, round about then, whenever the Sunday is, um, our fall kickoff service, we are going to begin going to two Sunday morning services every single week, okay? 9.30 a.m. and 11.15 a.m. 9.30 a.m. for all the early birds and 11.15 a.m. for all of the night hawks. I, I, I might make it to the 11.15 service, actually. So... <laughs> So we're going to be going to two services. You know, we've done that before in the past. Sometimes we've been so busy, we've had to have two services, at Easter or Christmas or something like this. And you know how we do it? It is just the same service that is duplicated twice with a half an hour period in the, mi in the middle for people to mix and fellowship and socialize and leave and arrive and all of that kind of stuff. Now, here is the thing. We... This is not normally the way I would have announced something like this. And so I want to apologize for like, just springing this on you like this. This is what I thought we were going to be doing. I thought that come January, we would be going to two services. So that I thought that in the fall, when we had our equip night, where all of our volunteers come together, 
I would have been sharing then that we are going to two services in January. And then all the volunteers would have broken up into their, you know, all the children's workers in one room and all the hospitality people someplace else and so on. And then they would have discussed and brainstormed how are we going to make our teams and so on more effective for going to two services. And then everybody would have come back and we would all have prayed a special prayer of blessing for this new thing and maybe there might have been prophetic words. And then a couple of weeks later would have been Vision Sunday and there would already have been excitement amongst the volunteers and then I would have announced it on Vision Sunday in January. We're going, and then everybody would have been on board and would have a time to plan. But no, that is not the way we've done it. <laughs> So that is the way I wanted to do it. But we came to the conclusion that we cannot wait to January. We need to start going to two services in the fall. Now, I'm announcing this in the summer. July and August, we have our summer slump, like most churches. In fact, you might be looking around saying, well, I can see some empty chairs here. I mean, there's still room for more people. We don't, but this is summer. Lots of people are away. The attendance decreases. We're going into the fall. And at that point, we're going to have to ratchet up a bit. And I, I, know, I know the kind of questions that you'll have. In fact, I might even have had them up on the screen. Yeah, your questions and concerns. Do we have enough volunteers? I mean, we're always asking for more volunteers and we just do one service. Are we going to have enough volunteers to do two services? Yes, because all of you are going to go all in. Isn't that right? So of course we will. And anyway, we will be addressing all these questions over the summer series. I won't be able to talk to everyone. Now, don't lie. You don't talk to everyone right now. You talk to six people. Come on, let's be honest. And anyway, there's that half an hour between the two services where the people from the first service are still out there and the people from the second service are arriving and you will get to talk to people. Number three, the church will feel quiet. Well, I mean, kind of like we're effectively cutting the congregation in half. And sometimes when people come into a quiet room, they go all quiet themselves. It's like, shh, you're in a church no talking, you know? Well, all the experts and all the churches that, have, that go to two services or more say that for the first three months, it, there is a little bit of a struggle like that. Oh, it's a lot quieter than usual and so on. But I mean, there's two ways to fix that. Number one is you can be as rowdy and noisy as you want, okay? And number two is, I like that over there, whoever that is. And number two is, you can bring lots of friends to fill up the empty seats, can't you? Right. I want us to look at just a few verses from the book of Nehemiah. In Nehemiah, they had the city of Jerusalem. The walls had broken down and so on. And they needed to rebuild the walls. They needed to do some rebuilding work. They needed volunteers. And I'm going to show you how they did this. They did not expect people to do things that they couldn't do. They only asked everybody to do the one thing they could do. That was all. You know, there's a, there's a number of verses in the book of Proverbs in the Bible that talk about ants. 
you know, take an example from the ant. Look at the ant and how the ant is always busy at work gathering food. Why are you human beings lazy when you could learn a lesson from the ant? And then one of the things it says is, that ant does not even have an overseer traveling with it, making sure it does its work. It just knows to get on with it. It's like ants know what they should be doing and they just get on with it. And the Bible's saying, come on people, we all know what we should be doing. Let's just get on with it like ants. Don't hang about waiting for somebody to come and ask you, you know. You don't need an overseer or ruler to know that you have got something worth contributing to the community. But here's an interesting thing. Um, I'll get to Nehemiah. Here's an interesting thing. Scientists were stud- have been studying ant colonies in depth. And they have discovered that although that is true for the majority of ants, there are actually some ants that are freeloaders, that are lazy. And what they've discovered is, they're, now they're just a minority, but what they've discovered is, when all the ants go about busy, these particular ants look busy too, and when no one else is looking, they go and sit be- behind a stone and just sit there. And they've marked, they've marked these ants. And it's not like people taking their coffee break or something like that. It's the same ants all the time that are the lazy ants. And then if another ant goes past, they suddenly pretend they're busy and they walk around again, and then they go and sit busy. Now here's the bit. These ants, I mean like if anybody needs to read those passages in the book of Proverbs about ants, it's the lazy ants. I mean, they're not even being proper ants. And here is what they found. Although it's only a minority of ants that are lazy, they cause the vast majority of the dramas that go on in the ant colony. Because they're hanging about doing nothing, they tend to get spotted by other insects and predators and so on, who then go to attack them. And when ants are attacked, they release a chemical scent so that all the other ants will come to their help. So here's this lazy slob sitting behind a little stone doing nothing. Everybody's busy doing the work. And then he gets attacked and he's sending off signals and they all have to drop what they're doing to go and save his lazy ass over here, right? (laughs) And it's like, how can a small number of ants cause so so many problems to the colony? Do you know it's worse with humans? Do you know that in churches and in any voluntary organization, there is a rule called the 80-20 rule. 20% of the people do 80% of the volunteering. And 20% of the people give 80% of the money. And 20% of the people invite new people along. And so, could you imagine if instead of just in any church, instead of just 20 people being in, if we were all in? Because all in has two meanings. It means I am going to not just partially be in, I'm going to be all in. But it also means we are all going to be in. Right, let's look at Nehemiah quickly. Nehemiah says here, Nehemiah said to the people, you see the trouble we are in? Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. You know, 
um, we, we announced a number of things. So like uh, three Vision Sundays ago, we announced upgrading the foyer area and putting the video screen there and the sound uh, equipment there and all of that kind of stuff. And then we did it. Then two Vision Sundays ago, we announced the creation of the nursing mother's room. And that was what we were going to do. And then we did it. And it's now in operation. There's probably people in there right now watching the service on a, a video screen. And, um, and then last Vision Sunday, we announced the upgrade of Classroom 2, and it is currently going on. You see, we are in this rebuilding process. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God upon me and what the king had, to say, had said to me. And they replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. Do you see the drive came from the hearts of the people themselves? We want involved with this. We want to be in part, part of this. This is a good work. Aha, but when Sanbala, the Horonite, Tobiah, the Ammonite official, and Geshem, the Arab, heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing, they asked. Are you rebelling against the king? And I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success and we his servants will start rebuilding. Everybody say with me, the God of heaven will give us success. And we his servants will start rebuilding. So there had to come a push from the hearts of the people. They were saying, we're getting involved in this. We're all in. And even if other people are throwing doubts and discouragements our way, we're not listening to them. We're getting all in. Let's read on the next chapter to see what happened next. The priests made repairs each in front of his own house. Now, I want you to get this. I live here in this house, and the wall of Jerusalem opposite me is there. So I am not being asked to fix the whole wall of the city I am only being asked to repair the part that is in front of my house. Repair the part that I am in immediate contact with. You know, when we're saying get all in, we're not saying we need you to sacrifice your entire life for the church. We're saying there is some part of the church that you're involved in. Get more involved in that part. What part is your dwelling? Are you involved in, a, in a, a small group? Are you involved in a team in the church? You know, whatever it is that you are, that is kind of within your sphere of influence, whatever you are feeling drawn to, whatever part or ministry of the church resonates with you, that you would feel at home in that part, that's the part to start rebuilding. Look, next to him, Shemaiah, the son of Shechaniah, the guard at the east gate, made repairs. Next to him, Hananiah, the son of Shelemiah. Boy, they had silly names in those days, didn't they? And Hanon, the sixth son of Zalath, repaired another section. Next to them, Meshulam, son of Berechiah, made repairs opposite his living quarters. People, they, they all just did a little bit. Everybody just did a little bit. It was not the 80-20 principle. There were not 20% of the people running around like headless chickens, flapping their wings and trying to get things done. Everybody got involved. They were all in. They were all 
all in and they just did a little bit of work each. And when everybody did the one thing they could do, everything that needed to get done did get done. Let's look at the next section. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height for the people worked half-heartedly. Is that what it says? The people worked what? With how much of their heart? They weren't half in, they were all in. Okay. But when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's wall had gone ahead and the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. You know, any time, remember the ants are all busy working and then there's a drama going on here by Mr. Lazybones and they all have to come to his rescue. Any time people are involved in building up a great work, there's going to be distractions. There's going to be dramas. There's going to be trouble. Do you know what? Don't let your mind be pulled away to other things. Be a person of prayer. And when I'm talking about getting all in, I'm not just talking about volunteering or serving. I'm talking about let's be a people of prayer. Let's be a people, like, I know we've got a prayer team in the church, but it's not like, well, I don't need to pray because I'm not in the prayer team. I'll just ask the prayer team to pray for me. That's not what that's about. We should all be people of prayer. God is a prayer answering God. One of the ways you can get all in here at Gateway is to consistently uphold the church, its leaders, its volunteers, the new people that are coming, uphold them in your prayers. But we prayed to God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. They were people who volunteered. They were people who ignored all of the drama and doubts. And they were people who prayed. Let's look at the next chapter. It's the same chapter. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, The strength of the laborers is giving out. And there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. I don't know how it's going to go. It's possible we could be six weeks into this two-service thing and then people are going to start thinking, oh my goodness, it's a bit harder work. I don't, it's not as busy as it used to be because each service is quieter and I don't know if this is working out and, and all of these kind of things. I'm, 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 losing, I'm losing my vision here. And also our enemies said, before they know or see it, we will be right there among them and we will kill them and put an end to the work. But when our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to our own work. You know, I've mentioned volunteering and serving. I've mentioned prayer. I've mentioned inviting people. These are all the kinds of things that will be mentioned over the next few weeks as part of this message. But all we're asking you to do as you come along over the summer Sundays is to listen to the messages and think, is this thing that I'm hearing today my part? If it's not, let it go. But if it is, get involved and get all in. Let's look at our last Nehemiah passage. Um, oh, oh, maybe that was it. Okay, right. Things to do. Here are things you can do. 
upgrade your attendance. Are you one of these people that you decide on a Sunday morning when you look at the weather, whether you're coming to church or not? Or have you, do you have all your clothes laid out the night before because come rain or shine, I will be there. Or minus 30 in snow, I will still be there. So upgrade your attendance. Do you know that you only get out of something what you put into it? You only reap a harvest if you sow a seed. And so the more you put in, the more you will get out. Number two, invite people to fill the house. If we're going to two services, we're doing that to free up so many seats. Invite people to come. Some people will hate it, but some people will love it. And God will impact their life in a wonderful way. Invite people to fill the house. Number three, find a way to serve. If you don't volunteer or serve in some area of the church, find a way, a way that resonates with you, a way that feels comfortable to you. So like the people, they repaired the wall closest to their home. Get involved in the thing that is closest to your heart. And number four, stir up spiritual passion for prayer and worship. Be a person of prayer who prays for the church. And when we come together, be a passionate and enthusiastic participant in our worship here at church. Let's do that. Let me just, let me just quickly show you a few things in the Bible here about that. Go to the next one. Upgrade your attendance. Hebrews says this. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed a habit of doing, because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage each other and urge each other onwards. Everybody shout, upgrade your attendance. Let's look at the the next verse. Go out, this is Jesus speaking, go out to the main streets and to the country lanes and compel people to come in that my house may be full. Jesus is saying that um, sometimes the first people you invite won't come in this parable. The first people who got invited didn't come. So then he says, go and invite anybody else. You know the people, I know you invited all the people you do like, but see the ones you're not so keen on? Invite them too, you know? And bring them along. So everybody, what, what was that thing again? Invite. Okay, everybody say, invite people to fill the house. Third, third verse, Ephesians. God makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. Nobody's asking you to try to be somebody else or do something that somebody else is good at. Just do what you're good at. Just be you. Hey, I've talked quite a lot about volunteering, but it's quite possible that you, you're a business owner and you've got a business up and running and you, it's taking up all of your time and you, you can only get here on a Sunday. Maybe your business is, go and make as much money as you can and give as much of it as you can to Gateway, okay? Go and do that. That's your contribution, okay? But for other people, it could be volunteering and serving. We all have our own special work. 
And when we all do our own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Last verse. Next one. For this reason, I remind you, Paul says, to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. That's about passion, becoming passionate in our faith, in our prayer, in our worship. Let's just look at these four points again. Let's say it together. One, two, three. Upgrade your attendance. Invite people to fill the house. Find a way to serve. Stir up spiritual passion for worship and for prayer. And so, I want us to just, I want us to pray together. I've got a prayer that we're going to put up on the screen. I would like to invite us all to stand. And I want us to pray together. I want us to pray about each one. Now listen, over this summer message series, which it won't just be me, our other pastors in the church will also be taking part. But in each message, there's going to be like an action step. If this speaks to you, then go and do such and such a thing. But today, this is just the introduction to the whole message. And so the action step is us coming before God in prayer and saying to him, we want to be a part of this, God. We are all in. So do you want to put that prayer up on the screen? I'm pretty sure you've got it. You do. Okay. So we're going to say this together. Can you all see that? Let's lift up our hands, lift up our voices, lift up our faith, and let's say this together. One, two, three. Right here, right now, I declare that I am all in. I will attend, I will pray, I will give, I will invite, I will serve, I will do my part to build the walls, to finish the course, to complete the vision that God has given us. I believe it, I receive it, and together we will achieve it. In Jesus' name, amen.